Episode 13. Lucky number 13, right? That's right, and it couldn't have landed at a better time, because today we are talking about Halloween. Halloween? Never heard of it. So, what have you been watching lately, Jason? Well, I finally watched The Craft. Give me your thoughts. Okay, so if I would have seen this in, was it like 96 when it came out, 95? 96. Uh, yeah, the year before Scream, right? The year of Scream. Okay. Cause I know we just did scream. No, no, scream I'm saying was... because because Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich were in the craft before yes. they did scream. Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed it. I really did. I okay. thought it was really fun. I would have liked it a lot better in the '90s because it is it is very of its time kind of thing. Well, luckily, there's no like, there's nothing in it that really dates it too much. Like, there's no not a lot of technology. No, not that. Or... But some of the uh, it, the, it just feels very it 90s. feels very '90s. Some of the slang, which is good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I liked it, and it really did take me back to the Skeet 90s. Skeet Ulrich's uh, baggy Jinko yeah, pants. exactly, yeah. <laughs> Jinko-looking pants. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Some of Faruza Balks. She was fine. Mm-hmm. Some of the, like, over-the-topness towards the end, I was like, mm, now granted, I get why she was, you know, she's getting all the power from Manon. Uh-huh. Uh, I think maybe she could dial it back just a little bit in spots. Like, when the sharks were on the, were, were, had washed up, uh-huh. I was like, Maybe so apparently when bit. they were filming that scene, they had like a lot of production issues. Like whenever they were doing the uh, the chants and all that, like the waves would start crashing in and like ruin the set. And they like had a lot of issues with it. Yeah. So. Ooh. I remember when I, I was watching it with Em and she she mm-hmm. enjoyed it as well. But as soon as they did the beach, I was like, bullshit. There is not a beach in LA County that is that secluded. I just... I <laughs> <laughs> you might not be wrong. I'm not sure. <laughs> But it's a good movie, I think. Yeah, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. We might do an episode on that down the road at some point. Maybe so. Maybe so. But yeah, it's a really good movie. I definitely would suggest it. Well, everybody, but you have seen The Craft by now, so. Yes. Watch it again, folks. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Creepy Crawly Company has sent several uh, uh, messages about that. So yeah, Yeah. I finally watched it. Thanks. Yeah. Side note, hit up our boy, Creepy Crawly Company. I bought some buttons from him the other day. I've been meaning to. Yes. Yeah, if you guys want some badass buttons, hit them up. What did you buy? I bought a button from Parks and Rec button oh, at nice. Aubrey Plaza. Cool. And I bought another one that was Adventure Time, mm-hmm. which is a fun cartoon. It's a kid's cartoon, but it's actually really fun. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Um, so yeah, they're both they're really cool buttons. So if you want nice. buttons, Creepy Crawly, hit them up. We got to make some Spook House buttons. We do. We're going to get on that merch game. We will. Hold your horses. (laughs) At some point. At some point. We got our hands (laughs) full enough already. Jesus Christ. What else have you been watching, Jason? So, I decided after your uh, sterling recommendation of Hulu's Into the Dark or Into the Darkness. I wouldn't really call that a recommendation. I was kind of like, 
Yeah, over two so far. Yeah. But did you watch one? I decided I'd watch the last one. Which is? School Spirit. Yeah, how was it? Essentially, they tried to make The Breakfast Club a slasher movie, okay. and they failed on both points. <laughs> they made a shitty Breakfast Club movie and a shitty slasher movie at the same time. All right. And I mean, it I'm had a, not co- surprised. Yeah, a couple parts I was like, okay, okay. But then the rest mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't scary like a slasher movie, and it's not like funny or moving like Breakfast Club. Uh-huh. And I was like, Please watch They Come Knocking and text me when the twist ending happens. I just want your thoughts. Okay. Yeah, and it, just, it it pretty much telegraphed who the the killer was. It was a whodunit kind of slasher movie, mm-hmm. and it pretty much telegraphed who it was from the get go. Hmm. And then there was a, a slight twist towards the end that again I was like, if you went to high school with anybody, this was one hundred percent a person that went to your high school, and it shouldn't be a surprise. Like, the goody-goody girl is really uh-huh. not as good as you might think she, she is. Okay. You so, know? So, it's just very run-of-the-mill. Yeah. It's... It, watch, like, Slaughter, Slaughter High School or Cutting Class. Skip. Skip this. But it well, did get renewed for a second season. I saw that. Are they serious? I was kind of surprised. But apparently, I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about, like, believe it or not, ratings are good, you know, and people that write about it. For those the are first season? Yeah. Not and, the... You know, in like a... Two or... Three episodes, I saw. Uh, none. And now you're saying the... Content, I'm not sure, but ratings-wise, apparently it's a hit. Oh, my God. And oh. apparently, like, writing, like, reviews about it, mm-hmm. they can, like, people say they definitely get an uptick in their views from, like, articles about the, ep- the episodes. Well, don't look to us if you want some upticks there <laughs> into the dark. We're not going to help you very much. Yeah. I'll do a mini-sode while you're gone. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> so, other than that... Yeah, that's pretty much really all I watched. I didn't really... It was a little, little busy week for me this week. I got you. I watched, for the first time, Green Room. I love that movie. And I just put it on randomly. Like, I heard good things about it. so but good. I was like, eh, I'll watch this. Kill some time. I was like, God damn, this is a good movie. Brutal, too, right? Yeah. Jesus Christ. How did this fly under my radar? I don't know. I have no. I remember when I heard about it, I was like, I've got to see this movie. Yeah, I, I had heard about it, but... For whatever reason, it's just one of those that I was like, I'll watch it sometime. But great movie. Yes. I can't say enough good things about it. I knew I was in for a good ride when at the beginning of the movie, when they finally get to the, the bar and they realize they're at a, a straight up Nazi bar. They had yeah. been kind of warned by the other guy, but uh-huh. not quite the extent that, yeah. that it was. Patrick Stewart is the leader of the Nazis. It's always fun seeing Patrick so Stewart cool. as a bad guy because he never is, you know? Yeah, he plays it really well. Yeah, like he's really intimidating. Uh, you know the lead actor, the guy that kind of makes it to the end, Anton... Anton Yelchin. Yeah. R.I.P. I know. You I was know looking up. I knew he did a couple of years ago. Well, it was what, 2016? When it Something happened? like that, yeah. When it happened, I looked it up and I hadn't really seen anything that he was in at the time. So I was like, damn, that's pretty tragic. But yeah, yeah R.I.P. I know. And I looked up stuff about this movie and I was like, oh shit, that was him? Dude was a good actor. He was yeah. only 27. I know, right? And he was like getting out of his Jeep in his driveway. I guess he had like a... neutral or something like that when he did it. Or... Yeah, it was on an incline and that somehow he got like crushed by the Jeep. Yeah, it was, it was like a, a Jeep, so I'm assuming it was probably a stick. You know, Total freak accident. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, solid movie. If you've never watched it, it's on Netflix right now. Yeah. So I'm going to watch it again soon. Anything I mean, was... Jeremy Solner is good. Like Blue Ruin's really good. Murder Party's really good. He had a hand in The Last True Detective Season 3. Okay, I haven't watched any of those, but... You've got to watch Season 1, dude. Yeah. 
I watched a documentary on Tubi called The Mothman of Point Pleasant. Oh, there's a documentary on Mothman? It's a really good documentary. It's like really well done. And just, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm extremely fascinated with the case of the Mothman. Like, if you've never heard of it, I'm sure most people have. Yeah. It was this weird phenomenon that happened in the late 60s, right? I didn't yeah. watch the documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, know okay. was, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was definitely, okay, exactly sorry, yeah, it, it was definitely the 60s. Yeah. For like a two-year period, like, hundreds of people in this town saw this, like, six, seven-foot-tall giant moth-looking thing. Didn't have red eyes, too. Yeah, like, red glowing eyes and a huge wingspan. Uh-huh. People were seeing something. Now, what they were seeing, yeah. I don't know. And also, at the same time, there was a ton of UFO activity. Yeah. People reported seeing men in black everywhere, like telling people not to talk about what they've seen. I don't know if this, I'm sure it just happened, but there was a bridge collapse that killed like, I don't know, like 40-something people. But it was a major disaster. It was a mining town, right? Yeah. And this happened like around the time that everybody was seeing this Mothman. Okay, yeah. Now, okay. it's since been proven that there was a defect on the bridge yeah. that led to the collapse, yeah. but still, I'm super fucking fascinated you're by a bit of You're a bit of a fan of cryptids. I, I do know that. Of what? You know, like cryptozoology, like a, like things like the Mothman uh-huh. or Chupacabra or Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cryptids. <laughs> that's what they're called. Okay. Like, you're a fan of cryptids. All right. Guilty as charged. Skunk ape, you know? Yeah. Oh, we can go deep. We're gonna. We should do, just do an episode on like shit like that. You know. Maybe we can do that. Maybe we'll do that in November when we just kind of burn out on watching a horror movie. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna have to do something after we knock out the Halloween series. I'm gonna be like, all right, dude. Let's... I'm pushing for something fucking dumb in November. I'm not gonna have to do any research on. I'm not gonna have to do anything. Let's just watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll come up with something. Yeah. So yeah, Mothman. It's called the Mothman of Point Pleasant. It's on Tubi. So yeah. Other than those two, haven't really watched a whole lot. So, horror movie news. What's up, Jason? All right, what have I so missed? this week, since we're doing just Halloween movie, we're just going to do updates on the Halloween, the, the next one that's coming out next year. Halloween Kills, right? In that one, the next Halloween year? Kills, yes. yes. So, they just cast Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy Doyle in the next Halloween movie. Okay. Now, they were trying to get Paul Rudd at one point yes. to reprise his role as Tommy Doyle. You know what? Paul Rudd, stay on deck. You watch baseball. Anthony Michael Hall, you're <laughs> up to bat, but Paul Rudd, you you just stand in the dugout. Get ready. Stretch those legs in Stretch case we need leg. you. Yeah. You know. um, but I think it'll be fine. I do th- he's, it's weird how he used to always be you know, the geek, geeky loser in you know, all those 80s teen movies. Yeah. Oh, it's John Hughes flicks. Weird science. And then, of yeah. course, he kind of became the hunk for a little bit in the 90s. He kind of hit puberty at some point. And it was like, oh, he's a handsome guy. Do you think that he is the father of Jamie Lloyd, or, uh, uh, Laurie Strode's daughter? Tommy? Yes. Uh, I don't think so, because there would be like a 15, 20-year age gap there. Laurie was babysitting him. That's true, but I mean... Laurie's kind of fucked up. Like, this <laughs> what? I don't know. Maybe. I'm just thinking. Please don't let this be a twist in this movie. Let's just make a good, solid movie. We don't need any crazy twists. But who, who, who is the father of... I don't know. A there, million like, other guys that they could pick. Not Tommy Doyle. 
It's going to be Tommy Doyle. Watch. What? Watch. Dude, no. I don't want it to be, That's but ridiculous. I can totally see them doing that. No. They better not. I will riot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what if... Okay. It's Dr. Loomis's baby. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Both scenarios are gross. So... Could you imagine Dr. Loomis? As much as he screamed in all these movies, like having sex with Dr. Loomis. Oh, God. No, no. Oh, man. Getting hot just talking about it. Oh, yeah. Well, Anthony Michael Hall, solid pick. Um, Definitely don't be the baby daddy in the movie. (laughs) But I look forward to seeing what they do with his character. Yeah. He's a good actor. Killed it in Edward Scissorhands. That's the main thing that pops in my head when I think of Anthony Michael Hall. Halloween Kills News. I kind of don't like that title, the movie, but... I don't like either of the the new movie titles at all. Yeah. Halloween Kills. Well, Halloween is. Like the holiday kills? I mean, the holiday (laughs) does kill. It's my favorite holiday. Yeah. Followed closely by Christmas. Do they mean like Halloween is crushing it? (laughs) Like, (laughs) yo, Halloween's killing it. I don't know. We'll see. All right. We'll figure it out. What else, Jason? So there was a big casting call for the Wilmington, North Carolina area. That's right. That's only oh, a two-hour drive from us. I kind of wish really. I still lived there yeah. because I would be sleeping in a tent outside <laughs> where they're filming. <laughs> so they did, anyway, they released a big casting call. Uh-huh. They're looking for ventriloquists. Okay. Triplets. All right. People and... that have police, paramedic experience. Uh-huh. People with vintage cars. Like 60s and 70s cars. And modern cars. Okay, so that... Let's see, what does that tell us? Um, They're big Jeff Dunham fans. No. Exactly. Um, How was he going to book this gig already? God, he's awful. So, ventriloquist. Huh. I wonder what that's going to... Maybe huh. Michael Myers is a ventriloquist now. You know, everybody needs a hobby. Yeah. We have true. horror movies and podcasting. Maybe Tommy Doyle is dabbling in the art of ventriloquism. Oh, you didn't see that that dummy in the back of Halloween Six in his in, in his in his bedroom? <laughs> no, I did not. Must next have missed with, that one. Next to a sticker that says "I am the NRA" and I vote. Oh yeah, I did see that. That was like on his <laughs> fridge or something. Or like on his computer, maybe. Isn't his bedroom? I think it's somewhere. on his on his fridge. I should know oh, this. Yeah. Damn it. So, the triplets. I don't know where they're going with that. It said female or male. Okay. Hey, I got an idea. We hire another person, uh-huh. and we each wear those like fake nose disguises. Yeah. And we show up, and we're like, your triplets have arrived. I mean, just like the Marx Brothers, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll slide right on in there. Yeah. They, they won't, in 4K Ultra HD, they'll never know we're not triplets. They'll never <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, practically identical. Um... <laughs> So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's with the ventriloquists and the triplets. Well, I'm mainly interested in the 60s and 70s cars. I'm feeling there's going to be flashbacks in this one at some point. Which could be cool. Yeah. Maybe they'll show Michael getting arrested. Remember like in Halloween 5 when he's sitting in a jail cell with his mask on playing with of his chains? The, he that, looks so bored. He looks like he's like, God damn, I can't believe I got arrested again. <laughs> that that scene is only rivaled by the Kung Fu Busta Rhymes yeah, that's definitely like top the five. most absurd things that happens in this entire series. Top five absurd images yes. of the series. Yes. Definitely up there. I would love just to... sitting there and, gosh, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll, ugh, we'll get to that <laughs> one. 
Actually, I'm kind of looking forward to that episode. I can just kind of turn my brain off and just have fun with it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, anything else, Jason? Also, not exactly Halloween related, but sort of. So, Mm -hmm. John Carpenter did a comic book series called Tales of Halloween. Okay. And Sci-Fi had picked up this comic series to be a television show. Okay. And at first, JC, our boy, was going JC, to... JC, we praise. Yes. He <laughs> yeah. was going to do the was going to direct the pilot episode. Okay. It became clear to JC uh-huh. that they just wanted the name. They didn't want anything else from his vision or whatever. So he just pulled the plug on the sci-fi thing. And it JC, was you tell dead. him to stick it? Probably. Yeah. He's kind of salty these days. He's he's, little, he's not grumpy or anything, but he's like, nah, I don't want to deal with this quick, shit. You tell somebody to fuck off. Exactly. I kind of respect him for it. <laughs> he's like, you know what? I've got, I don't have enough years left on this thing. Yeah. I'm just going to play video games, smoke weed, and watch Lakers games. That's really what my life is. Hey. Maybe if Cody, Cody's got an idea for a song, I might tweak it a little bit and go on tour every once in a while with, you know, with yeah. Dave Davies kid. Yeah, yeah. And, but other than that, nah. Huh. But... He recently told, I think it was comicbook.com, mm-hmm. that Paramount's trying to do the show now. So they're, he's having pre-production talks with Paramount to save that television show. So there might be a John Carpenter anthology TV show coming up. Could be cool. Which be, would be the second time John Carpenter's had a anthology show. Yeah, Body Bags? That was supposed to be a Showtime television series. I've never seen that. It's It's, it's fun. He also did an episode of Masters of Horror. He did. He did Cigarette Burns. I think he did two episodes, actually. Yeah, maybe. I saw Cigarette Burns. Cigarette Burns Burns is fun. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. I haven't watched any of those episodes in a long time, but I remember when they were coming out, they were pretty fun. Yeah. Hopefully, he makes something good. Looking forward to it. All right. So, John Carpenter TV series. Yes. Could be a thing. Could be a thing. All right. Cool. All right. And what else, Jason? Also, last thing, John Carpenter has confirmed he is doing the score for the next Halloween movie. Sick. All right. No shocker there. No shocker think. there. I wouldn't know. But that's good. It is good. And our boy Nick Castle has returned to play Michael Myers for one second again. And they're going to advertise it like he's the he's back again as Michael Myers. From the guy who did the story for Hook. Even though it's James Jude Courtney the entire time. (laughs) I kind of have a problem with that. What point was he in that? Was he in? What was the point he was in? I told you this on one of the episodes, but when Laurie is, when Laurie is looking up in the window, when he's upstairs and she sees his reflection and she she shoots the window. Okay, that's right. Just that. Action. Stand there and cut. All right, Nick. Appreciate it. What's he like? <laughs> the production the entire time? The movie, and then they're like, Charleston. Nick Castle is back. <laughs> and they're trying to pull that shit again. It's like, like no, he's not. He's going to wear the mask for one scene. And you're going to advertise it like Nick Castle's back. Nick Castle's like 72. All right. He's getting up there. I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but. He's not a young buck anymore. Yeah. Just saying. Gotcha. Stop disrespecting James Jude Courtney like that. Anyways, John Carpenter, I went off on a little rant there. Yeah, you did. Bring it home. Bring it home. John Carpenter is doing the score, and that's cool. It is. Yeah. Did Cody do, help him do the score last one, too? Was it both of yes, them? Yes, he did. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was a damn good score. Yeah, it was. Best score since the original. You didn't like Part 6 guitars? Or the H2O That was definitely screen? the most grungiest <laughs> Halloween theme. 
Halloween soundtrack yeah. of all the movies. Well, the re- I, I did like it. Yeah. Or the recycled Scream score for H2O. No. God, fuck that movie. Well, I don't even well, remember what the score was like in Resurrection. Probably shit. Yeah, probably shit. Just yeah. like everything else. Yeah, I love in Halloween 6 when they like use the, the dive bars like... <laughs> like eruptions about to start playing by Van Halen. <laughs> With a whammy bar, it's like... <laughs> I like it, but I, if somebody talks shit about it, I'd be like, all right, you got a point. Dude. That's got to be the most important, the, the, other than Halloween 3, I guess, the most decisive one in the series. Divisive? Like, yeah. You said decisive. I did say decisive. Divisive. <laughs> That's got to be the most divisive there, Phil. Uh, well, just say that again. Everything like... about Halloween 6. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the moment's we gone. We don't need it. It's fine. <laughs> it's definitely the most decisive of the genre, of the series. I'll put it like that. <laughs> all right, Jason. Well, I think that wraps up the news segment. Yeah, that's pretty much all we got for the news this week. Take off your Anchorman jacket. Oh, okay. I'm taking it off now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's too hot for that. Yeah. All right. So we're going to jump right on into it. So... When was the first time you were aware of the Halloween series? You know, I remember, I want to say I was about five or six. Okay. And I remember seeing Halloween 2 on TV. Okay. And the first image that stuck in my head as a kid was when he lifts up the nurse and her shoes fall off. Yeah. Her clogs fall off. Yeah. For some reason, that image was kind of burned into my brain. And I think that was, I think that was the first Halloween movie I saw. Uh, the first one I ever saw was actually H2O. Oh, okay. I saw that in theaters. Okay. Uh, I remember I saw it because it was the new one I was out. And it was the first one I, I said, so, oh, we got to go back and watch all the rest of them. So uh-huh. I went to Greenwood Video. Oh, yeah. In Greene County. Rest in peace. There's only... still a sign for it. It just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I think in Chinese restaurants there right now or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Or it, it, it absorbed that space. Yes. And I went there, and the next one I bought was like, I'll get the first one. So I went and got The Curse of Michael Myers, thinking that was the first one because it didn't have a number next to it. Uh huh. So. Oh, you. So the second movie you saw was The Curse. Yes, and I thought that was the first movie. So I was very confused. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on here? You should ask me. I'll be like, all right, dog, check it out. You need to watch it. (laughs) Go to the video store. Halloween, not Halloween Curse of Michael Myers. I know it can be confusing to your little 10-year-old head. God, you're such a noob. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, I can't even remember the first time I saw the original Halloween. I don't remember the first time I saw it either. I remember I had the VHS. It was one that had a holographic thing on the cover of it. Yep. Yeah, I used to have that. Um, But outside of that, I I don't remember the first time I saw it either. Well, it's a motherfucking classic. It's easily my favorite horror movie of all time. I mean, it is. Easily. Easily? Yes. I can understand that. kind of do have the post art for it tattooed on my arm. So. <laughs> All right, so Halloween was originally going to be called The Babysitter Murders. Good change. Yeah, very good change. Could you imagine me like, The Babysitter Murder Murders 6, The Curse of Michael Myers? Oh, God, that would have been bad. <laughs> yeah. They'd have to like first blood it and just completely change it to Rambo after a while. Yeah, they'd have to do something. <laughs> So yeah, they actually Irwin Yablons, who was producer. Yes. Yeah, he was producer on the movie. He suggested the name of Halloween, and to everybody's surprise, there was there hadn't been a movie made that had Halloween in the title. Yeah, he. I remember he had the idea and about babysitters being murdered, and then he 
first had the babysitter murdered, but then he gets like, well, let's do it with Halloween first. Mm-hmm. And he went to Mustafa Akkad for some money or the idea, and they went to the JC, and he said he'd do it as long as he had complete control. Yes, and they gave him three hundred grand to make it. Not a big budget by any means. No, not even for seventy-seven. Yeah, seventy-eight. Wait, it came out in seventy-eight. Wasn't it filmed in seventy-seven though? Nope, it wasn't. Filmed in spring of seventy-eight. Released October twenty-fifth. Holy 78. shit, that was a crazy turnaround time. I mean, that was only shot in like what thirty days or twenty days or something like that. Yeah, it was like they shot it in twenty-one days in the spring in South Pasadena, California. Again, for three hundred thousand, so very low budget. The whole movie is very. It just feels I don't, very self-made. Like yeah. it, it was a collaborative effort on everyone's part. Like Jamie Lee Curtis, they gave her like hundred bucks. They're like, "All right, go to J.C. Penney, buy your costume yeah. for the movie," <laughs> and that's what she's wearing in the movie is well, what she picked up. The big reason why Dean Cundey got hired because he had the, the equipment. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, huh. yeah. Our boy Dean Cundey, who would go on to work with Carpenter in a lot of things, numerous like The Fog, which we talked about. Yeah, he didn't do Christine. Didn't do Christine. I think he did He did Escape from New York. And The Thing as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it, it definitely has that classic, when you think of a John Carpenter movie, that's your boy, DC. Yeah. Mustafa Akkad and Irwin Yablons, they provided all the money. They were like, here you go, John. Give us a kick-ass movie. And by God, he did. Yeah, him and Deborah Hill co-wrote. That's right. Deborah Hill, rest in peace. Yeah. Now, the movie went on to make $70 million worldwide. And up until The Blair Witch came out, it was the highest grossing independent movie of all time. Now, sometimes you'll see, because technically Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at the time was an independent movie. Really? New Line was still independent. Oh. So that did eclipse it, but most people don't consider that because New Line later became a major studio, mm-hmm. like right after that. Well, when you think indie movie, your mind yeah. usually doesn't go to Ninja Teenage, Turtles. Yeah, because it was... One of the biggest things in the late 80s and 90s. like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Halloween came out October 25th, 1978. Again, like, it, this was a very guerrilla film movie. Like, it was it was a very group effort. Like, yeah. everything you see in the movie, like, right down to the leaves, they were all hand-cut and painted. Because so, it was, yes, yeah, it's filmed in the spring, so it wasn't like trees were really dying at that point. Yeah, exactly. And you actually see shots of palm trees throughout the movie in the background because they're in Pasadena, Which of course. Which is funny because it takes place in a place where they do not have palm trees. In the fictional town of Haddonfield, Illinois. Based on Deborah Hill's hometown of Haddonfield, New Jersey. That's right. Do you know why they just changed it to Illinois and not just put it in New Jersey? I don't know. Maybe they just want it to be more like middle America anywhere. Yeah, I guess so. I think that's a good call. Yeah. I mean, John Carpenter's from Kentucky. Bowling Green. That's right, yeah. You know, a few weeks ago, uh-huh. it was about a month ago, I had a a robot call from Haddonfield, New Jersey. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, they called Alyssa, and she's like, isn't this a town from Halloween? I was like, holy shit. Dude. Cool. <laughs> I should have answered it. That's the did. only time I would answer That's a robocall. <laughs> what if call was... me out with the pros. I know. <laughs> hey, Phil, we heard you on the spook house. Killer stuff. <laughs> Listen, your co-host sucks, why don't you but come you're up, Why don't you come up to New Jersey? We, we want to talk business. <laughs> we want you to be in the Halloween business, okay? You know, my first, the first idea I had for the name of this podcast, was, I never told you this. Okay. I was going to suggest Haddonfield High. I would have been, if you would have said that, I would have been like, 
Not bad. But, but yeah, that, <laughs> that's kind of what I thought too. I wanted something with Haddonfield in it. Yeah. You know, that'll be like when I branch off and just do my own Halloween podcast. Or when, or when we eventually get mad at each other and just completely like break up. You'll oh, man. <laughs> Look, we're this is our little little spook house on the prairie. Little we're sp- going to make this work. <laughs> little cottage industry we got going here. Yeah. We spend money and make nothing back. So it's fun. That's right. This is a spook home. Okay. <laughs> we work out our differences. The low budget kind of forced their creativity. Oh, like, yeah. you know, making hand cut leaves and like the whole crew picking up the leaves after they film each scene because they didn't want to make more. So, you know, everybody chipped in, helped yeah. out. Just things like that that kind of force you to like get a little more creative. And even if you think about it, probably the, I'm not sure, I don't have any numbers right in front of me, but the, probably the movie he had the biggest budget on was probably Escape from LA. And that's his worst movie. Like I've yet to see it. I mean, it's not. I you haven't seen New York, but I mean, Escape from New York is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Escape from L.A. is just an awful movie, yeah. and that's probably <laughs> the one that he has the biggest budget on. You know, and to that point, there's, you know, there's a lot of one shot scenes. Yeah. In this, where they just kind of follow something around, and a lot mm-hmm. of that was budgetary. Like they just couldn't afford to like. Have like shoot all feet, these different scenes. Millions, there are like hundreds of thousands of feet of photography going. Yeah, out there. I so, mean, film's expensive, people. Yeah, it played to the movie because some of the best shots when I think of Halloween are like those long, single shots of you know, like, Laurie walking down the street. Or, or I love that shot where Doctor Loomis is at the hardware store and uh-huh. Michael Myers driving the car behind him. Yeah, like it's you know it's kind of a long, longer take. And yeah, it's like, this is but fun. it's perfect because. If there was a ton of money on this, they'd have like there would be like nine different cuts in that one scene. Yeah, you know. And also, since it wasn't a lot of money, the producers probably didn't care that much about interfering with everything. Right. Mustafa Kahl was probably still dealing with the the message, which is that that movie he, that movie he directed about the Prophet Muhammad. Never saw that one. Well, he directed three movies, believe it or not, Mustafa. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Two of them, the message, or about the Prophet Muhammad, who does not appear. Muhammad? Yes, the Prophet Muhammad. Oh, you said Muhammad. Oh, no. <laughs> the Muhammad. Muhammad? Yeah. By the way, rest in peace, Mustafa God. He Gosh, died he in died. a terrorist attack Yeah, in 2005. His, his Him daughter, and his daughter. His daughter died immediately, and he died like two days after because oh, of injuries. awful, dude. Jeez. His daughter was gorgeous, too. Have you ever seen her? Uh, Such a shame, man. Bummer, bummer, bummer. Bummer. So, well, let's just kind of jump right on into it, Jason. All right. So, Halloween night. 1963. Oh, we're missing the credit scene though at the beginning. Oh, hey, let me take a step back. John Carpenter's score. Mm-hmm. John Carpenter scored this entire movie in, I want to say, God, it was a short like amount. Two or of, three days. Yeah, like three fucking days. Yeah. Which the, is insane. Yeah. Is this the greatest horror score of all time? For my money, yeah. It's definitely the most memorable. Uh-huh. It might make it the best. Uh-huh. But it, hands down, it's the most memorable, I would think. Now, there's another, like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street has a really memorable score. 
Freddie's got. I mean, no, not Freddie. Jason's got the mama. You know, uh-huh. the, you know, the kind of piano thing too. Can't really call that a score. Well, I mean, there's also kind of a piano reprieve too. Yeah. Oh, this is way better than the Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, score. I'm just trying to think of For other sure. like memorable scores. Well, John Carpenter was inspired by the score from Suspiria and the Exorcist theme. I mean, they sound very alike. Mm-hmm. It's not definitely not a ripoff, but no. yeah. And then Psycho's also got a really great score too. It's memorable. Of course, yeah. you're always singing the violins when the shower scene, but the rest yeah, of the yeah. score is actually really good too. Yeah. So yeah, we got the opening credit scene with the pumpkin, and it's zooming in on the pumpkin. Now, throughout the years, a lot of people say that you can see the outline of Michael Myers in the pumpkin. The eye of the pumpkin is like Michael's face and like the nose is his knife. And it's like eh, kind of stretching it there, but I kind of see what they're saying. Yeah. I, I could never really quite see what they meant, but some say. Now we start out with the POV shot. The steady cam at the time was, this was a new thing. Yeah. It's like one of the first... I don't know if it was. I don't think it was the first movie to utilize the Steadicam. But it was when they had like the first like really long tracking shot like they Uh were doing. Yeah. Martin Scorsese was like, oh, I like that. Yeah. And somebody, (laughs) I love Scorsese, but he loves a moving camera. Like, hey, I I love moving camera shots too. I I don't think there's a steel shot in The Departed. Like that entire movie, I don't think there's one steel shot. Like, still haven't watched that. God, that's my craft. It's so good. That's that's my craft. (laughs) I need to watch it. So yeah, the Steadicam was new technology at the time, and this was shot by Ray Stella. He was the camera operator on the movie, and it took three hours to get the final shot, and the entire shot was done in two takes. Now, do you know where the cut is? When Deborah Hill picked up the mask. Oh. Because she's she's the hands. Okay, I thought you were about to say the knife. Yeah, the second take occurs when Michael puts on the mask. Yes. But before he does that, we get a shot of the Myers house. From the outside. From yeah. Michael's POV. You've been to the Myers house? Ish. I've been to the replica Myers house in North Carolina. And for anybody listening, check out Myers House NC. It's a complete replica of the Myers house, inside and out. And every Halloween, he throws a bash, like a Halloween bash, and there's like food trucks and shit, and you can tour the inside of the house. And it's just like full of kick-ass horror memorabilia and stuff. It's like... I want to live here, yeah. hang out, watch some movies. I've never been to the house in person. I've been to the Instagram several times. Yeah, it's of the in inside. Hillsborough, North Carolina. Yes. It's about an hour drive from here, out in the middle of nowhere. But it's really cool. Check it out. So I have technically been inside the Myers house. Yes. <laughs> and by the way, in Resurrection, they would have been, that whole movie would have been, oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> oh, I didn't, excuse me. But there's like scenes of people like having these long dialogues with each other. This it's like, you'd be able to hear everybody in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's leave Resurrection out of this. Not until out, next out of this good Halloween. Yeah. So you got Michael's POV. He walks around to the side of the house. He looks in the living room, and he sees his sister and her boyfriend making out. Now, his sister is played by Sandy Johnston. And do you know what certain accolade she achieved in 1974, Jason? She was Playmate of the Month. Oh, 
Yeah. I was going to go with like a uh, like Miss USA or something, but no, apparently. No, oh, close. Close. Yes. <laughs> and her boyfriend, David Kyle. Now, I did a little digging okay. on Mr. Kyle. Yeah. He is a doctor now. Oh, good for him. Hold up. Oh. Pump the brakes. Oh, sorry. So he's devoted his research to kind of like proving that, you know, people aren't born gay and that, yeah, that's like his whole thing. And he got into this because he had some gay encounters when he was younger, according to him. And he's like, wait a minute, I'm not gay. <laughs> no way. I'm okay. super Christian. <laughs> no, no, you so sucked my dick. Okay? I'm, I'm going to devote my life to proving that homosexuality is not a thing. Oh, so there's God. some YouTube lectures. Look it up if you want to have your mind blown. Don't look it up. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, that whole, that's just hilarious to me. Like the pray the gay away people. It's like, oh, you're a thing? Huh? Mm. Anyways, that's him. Okay, well, never mind. I, yeah. th- I said my good for him. I take it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, not good for you, sir. Yeah, so they're making out on the couch. Now, Michael peeks upstairs. He sees the light turn off. Now, let's just assume this is the, as soon as the light goes out, boom, they're having sex. By the time you see him again, yeah. there's a minute and four seconds. So, is this the quickest sex in movie history? Hmm. Linda and Bob, they that was pretty quick later in the movie. Yeah. Hey, we don't know. And then, of course, when he's done, <laughs> when he's done, he, he's like, all right, later, babe. So, he's a, he didn't quit it, guy. Oh, very much so. <laughs> I've got some, some seedy bars down on uh, First Street I need to get to. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, hey, later, babe. I got to go prove gay people aren't a thing. So, <laughs> so Michael goes around the back, goes in through the back door, and you see him pick up a knife, and those, as Jason said, those are Deborah Hill's hands, yeah. who co-wrote the movie with John Carpenter. And if you notice, Michael Myers' nails are on fleek. <laughs> so that's how you can tell that this was Deborah Hill. <laughs> I never noticed that, but every time I see it, I'm like... <laughs> they are on fleek. <laughs> Aren't I cool? You, you, I, I speak like you young kids. You know all the hit lingo. All the, <laughs> That's right. All the, the high school kids that listen to the Spook House podcast are going to be like, oh, I feel he's a, he's a real swell guy. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways. So he walks through the living room. And now the, the entire house is decorated. They refurbished this entire house. Like the entire crew, again, going back to like low budget thing, like the entire cast helped decorate this house because yep. it was... A de- in a decrepit state when they found it. Oh, I didn't know that. So, like, all the wallpaper, furniture, the lamps and everything, that was all put there by the crew. Okay. So, Michael goes upstairs, finds the mask. Boom. Cut. First cut. Yeah. So, Michael is now wearing the mask. So, Michael starts to stab her. Now, it's kind of awkward, the stabbing scene, because he's, at one point, he's basically stabbing the air. And then he like starts looking away. Yeah, he's like looking at the ceiling while he's stabbing her, and yeah. it's a very mechanical kind of motion. Now I know it's a low budget, yeah, and it's a nit, but <laughs> that I'm gonna pick. But <laughs> it looks a little weird. And also her acting in this, she's like, Michael, oh, oh my god, you're stabbing me. It's one of the first. Well, it's the first and one of the only times you actually see blood in the movie. I think you see some blood on Annie. Yeah, and maybe Linda's neck when when that little closet door opens. Uh-huh. 
there's a little bit of blood on her neck. Uh, okay. But still, not just, a lot. He just gives her a real naked choke. That's all he does to, to Linda. The old naked choke. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's all about atmosphere, really. And it works. That's why it's such a great movie. Exactly. So, Michael runs downstairs, runs out the front door. His mom and dad come home. Michael? And he's getting... Pull the mask off, and everybody freeze. It's Macaulay Culkin. And... <laughs> it zooms out. Actually, it was Will Sandon. He was six years old at the time. I believe he's a firefighter now. Good it's for like him. In his 50s now. Yep. Does he hate gay people too? I can't confirm, but okay. I don't think so. Uh, good Good on him. Uh, he's probably a normal person, I'm cool. assuming. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So, does this scene look a little weird to you? Like when it freezes, when all the actors freeze and it like zooms away. I mean, it pulls away. Now that you mention it, I can see it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's like freeze. It's I guess it, it's kind of very dreamlike in a way. Yeah, but anyways, it's just showing you that hey, Michael killed his sister when he was six, and he's got a little bit of a trance-like state going on. Uh huh. Cut to Doctor Loomis and Marion Chambers in the car. So October thirtieth. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Jason, won't you drop the deets on Mister Donald Pleasance here? Okay, Donald Pleasance. A long-time actor. I think his first credit was in 1954. He's been in a ton of stuff. He was... We're, uh, Dr. Evil is based on his Blowfield from... Yeah, you only live twice? Yes, he was... Now, Blowfield's been in lots of... That character's been in lots of okay. Bond movies. Even, you know, Spectre that came out a couple years ago. Christoph mm-hmm. Waltz is in that one. He's Blowfield also. Cool. So he's kind of the nemesis of James Bond, even though he's not in every episode. Yeah, so Donald Pleasant played that role quite a bit. Yeah, And he told John Carpenter the only reason he did this movie was because his daughter thought the music for Assault on Precinct 13 was awesome. Which is weird, because I've seen he he was the original um, Christopher Walken who just kind of said yes to everything. Who, Donald? Donald Pleasant. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a MS Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode that he's in one of those movies, and it is uh-huh. God, Warrior of the Lost World. Mm. It is a god-awful B-movie. Uh, they just make... Well, let's keep it on the high notes. Okay. L- let's pay I some respects you. here. Pay some respects. Okay. okay. Well, he's in... <laughs> he's in a lot of movies. Halloween movies. Done some good, done some bad. Yeah, exactly. Hey, gotta get paid. Just like Christopher Walken. Done yeah. some good, done some bad. Gotta get paid. I've worked some shitty jobs. I just wanted to get paid. Everybody's worked some shitty jobs. Well, he worked for five days total on this movie. Made 20 grand. 20 grand. That is, well, not a huge chunk of the budget, but it's a chunk. Yeah, exactly. And originally, I, I would do that. Yeah. Five days work, 20 grand. I, that would, especially with today's money. Yeah. Shit. This role was off, also offered to Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. That's right, and Christopher Lee turned it down, and he later told John Carpenter it was the biggest regret of his career. Yes. Yeah. Now, who's the other one? Peter Cushing? Yeah, they're both hammer horror guys. Okay. Like, Christopher Lee was always Dracula, and Peter Cushing was always Van Helsing. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, they fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> we got Donald Pleasance and Marion Chambers. Now, Marion Chambers was played by Nancy Stevens, who would later act in Escape from New York, and Halloween 2, where she met Rick Rosenthal, the director. And they're married to this day. Oh, good for them. Yeah. Now, while she's smoking them Paul Malls and discussing Michael's transfer, Loomis kind of notes the rabbit in red matchbook. Dr. Loomis is already on that cryptic 
you know, evil talk. Yeah. He's like, just know what we're dealing with here. Don't underestimate it. Can't we refer to it as him? If you say so. I feel like he's a lot more subtle in this movie than he is in all the other ones. He is. By like, the time Halloween 5 rolls around, he is off the fucking rails. But yeah. he's pretty subdued in this one. Yeah, which is a good thing. Great. Yeah. Um, they're also talking about they're going to shoot him up with Thorzine when he goes to... Yeah, yeah. Like, she's like, he'll barely be able to stand. That's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn, Donald, you cold. <laughs> Man, sorry. Damn, Sam Loomis, you cold. <laughs> <laughs> so they pull up to the gate and Loomis gets out. Now, well, of course, they see all the uh, the patients just wandering around, which is in the rain. Highly unusual for. That's right, but later in the series, we'll kind of suspect did Doctor Wynn let them out retroactively? We find out that uh, Doctor Wynn let Michael escape, much like Doctor Sartain in the newest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't know this at the time no. of this movie, so we're just going to play it straight. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so, everybody's wandering around outside. She pulls up to the gate. Loomis gets out. Michael jumps on the back of the car. Which is the fastest he moves in any movie ever. That's right. He, It's accompanied by that little sound effect. It's like... Or whatever. It's like... Go, 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 go. Do you think he was wearing anything under that gown? I was wondering that last night for the first time. Just bare assing it. <laughs> what if he overshot the jump? It just yeah, like if he just slid down the fucking window with his wiener hanging out. <laughs> so Nick Castle actually played that part, like the jumping on the car. Oh yeah, her window is down for some reason. <laughs> it's raining, but okay. she's smoking. Oh wait, no, her window's not. The window isn't now. She's okay, smoking sorry. inside the car. They used to do that. They'd have the windows down smoking. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> Cars came in with built-in ashtrays back in those days, too. That's right. Oh, that, I remember. I remember smoking in restaurants. Yeah. yeah. Then I remember smoking sections. And then I remember no smoking. Well, smoking pits in our high school. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but when Michael smashes the car window... It looks like a Ziploc bag. The window. Well, no. Did you not notice the giant wrench that's in his hand? That no. breaks the glass. No. Once you see it, you will never be able to unsee it. It is so obvious that I'll watch this movie sometimes, and mm -hmm. like if somebody's watching it with me, I'm like, okay, they're gonna comment on this wrench part. <laughs> you never do. Oh. But he's holding a giant fucking wrench in his hand. It smacks the window and breaks the candy glass. That would make sense. I looked up how to make candy glass. How do you do it? I don't remember all the <laughs> ingredients, but it's corn syrup. Yeah. Sugar. Yeah. Cream of tartar. Huh. And I believe just water. But you like boil that and pour it onto like a big pan. Uh huh. Kind of level it out and you put it in the oven and cook it for a little longer and let it set. And you got candy class. Now, Loomis is. The evil is gone. The evil is gone. This is. He's yeah. escaped. The evil is gone. <laughs> so, cut to. Daytime scene. Yes. And we get a lovely still shot of the neighborhood with some leaves just gently falling. And it says Haddonfield transitions into Halloween. And we get probably one of my favorite score parts of the movie. Okay. Laurie's theme. And boy, it just sets the fucking mood. When I think of watching this movie, 
in my head, uh-huh. I pictured these scenes. Yeah. Just these long sweeping shots of the neighborhood with the theme playing and the leaves. It just yeah. oozes atmosphere. You know? Maybe it's just me. Oh, no, it really does. Yeah, it, yeah. It, really, it does feel like fall. It really, it just, I mean, I, I, I can watch this movie any time of year, but it really does play like a million times better when you watch it around fall or Halloween. Oh, dude, when the temperature dropped, like, I don't know, five days ago, like that yeah. first little cool breeze hit, I was like, oh, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> it's my time to shine. <laughs> Pretty much. This is the weather of my people. But it just goes to show you, I think about this movie when the weather changes. It's yeah. just like ingrained in my DNA. Yeah. And I, I'm sure it's like that for a lot of other people as well. Like, I mean, yeah, that, that, not... And October goes by, and I don't watch this movie. Oh, sure. You know. And sometimes I'll be like, you know, hey, it's February. It's like, let's watch Halloween. I got nothing else to do. Or oh, maybe I'm like, yeah. I got to do something around the house, and I just want to have something on the background. You know, lately, as I get up there in age, yeah, I try to save it to once a year, just, uh, you know. So you don't want to get tired of it. And yeah. There's, there's other things you can, you know, watch. Yeah, but, you know, you watch in October once a year near Halloween. Ooh. We get our first shot of Jamie Lee Curtis. She's walking out of her house. And we see Strode Realty on the car. Her dad is a real estate agent. He's like, you dropped the key off at the Myers house. And I was like, could you imagine doing that today? Just like dropping a key off at a house and just not even worry about anybody like losing the key or somebody hmm. taking the key or yeah, I'm breaking know. in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 70s were a different time. Yeah, so speaking of Jamie Lee Curtis... Um, she was 19 at the time. The only teenager. That's right. Was it, PJ Souls was like, what, 29? She was that old? Yeah. Nancy Loomis was like 28. Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, everyone knows her. She is probably, when you think of Scream Queens, mm-hmm. you know, she's probably at the top of the mountain, I would think. Yeah. She was cast mainly because of her who her mother was. Yeah, Janet Lee. I mean, she kills it in this role. Well, she thought she did awful. Like, she thought she was going to get fired. Yeah, that's right. Like, after her first day, I believe she went home and convinced herself, oh, they're going to fire me. And yeah. John, Car- John called her and was like, hey, you did great. Yeah. So, yeah, she was only 19 at the time. Yeah. So, we're following Laurie. She's walking down the street. And again, we got those wide, sweeping shots at the neighborhood. They're following along with Laurie, and the theme is playing in the background. Tommy Doyle runs up to Laurie. Played by Brian Andrews. Hey, honestly, he's a big he's a convention guy. He's always at big conventions. Yeah, and a lot of people are kind of raising a big stink about like, oh, this is bullshit. They're bringing Tommy Doyle back. Why don't you get Brian Andrews? It's like, yeah, because he hasn't acted since he was six. I mean, he's fine in this, but I mean, yeah, he was a he was like exactly yeah. a kid actor. And look, I'm not trying to sound ugly here. That's my meme. I would say, don't say nothing <laughs> ugly. Gosh, yeah, but. He doesn't look like a leading role kind of guy. Know what I mean? Like, oh, he yeah. just doesn't have that look. Yeah. He just doesn't. It's no shot against him. But Anthony Michael Hall, yeah. I'd rather see him play Tommy Doyle than Brian Andrews. What about Paul Rudd, though? Paul Rudd, you can... <laughs> like I said, Paul Rudd, you stay on deck. You be, be ready. I don't blame him for taking Ghostbusters over this, though. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be the star of Ghostbusters where he's... He'll be starry-ish. He'll be like... Well, I'm sure he already had, like, commitments and signed contracts. Yeah. I mean, that's... Two. Yeah. So. So, they get to the Myers house, and 
this is where you hear the name of the podcast. Nuh-uh, you can't go up there. That's a spook house. <laughs> now, I wanted to put that in the intro music, but it just doesn't really sound right. No, it doesn't. Michael sees Lori for the first time. He's just hanging out in the house, I guess. He's eating a dog. Possibly. Could be a skunk. Could be a skunk. <laughs> I don't quite get that. I kind of <laughs> wish they would drop the whole, like, he eats dogs angle. It's like, really? Oh, he's like, crazy. Oh, he's crazy. He's going <laughs> to eat your dog. <laughs> okay. He Why sounds not? like an old prospect. Are we ever going to talk to? <laughs> so Michael sees Laurie for the first time. A lot of people, when they watch Halloween for the first time, they already have it in their heads that like, oh, they're brother and sister. But in this movie, they are not brother and sister. I try to keep that from my mind when I watch, when I watch the first Halloween. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that in Halloween 2, but... John Carpenter said he was drunk and he was trying to get through that script and he yeah. was like, fuck it, they're brother and sister. Yeah. Which I don't think, it's not a big deal. I think it's scarier that Michael is obsessed with Laurie just because he saw her. Like, that to me is scary. Yeah, I mean, that's how I feel too. Because not everyone has a brother or anything, but like just the fact that somebody could fixate on you yeah, and stalk you for life. Just because he dropped a key off. Yeah, I think that's way scarier than, oh, it's his sister and he has to kill his bloodline and, you know. I almost got a question about this part. Okay. So she's dropping off a key mm-hmm. to the realtors because somebody's going to check out the house. Are they going to check the house out that day? I guess. So what, what happened to the people that were going <laughs> to check out the house? I don't know. Maybe Loomis ran them off. Maybe Lonnie <laughs> was, was the one that was going to check. Maybe it. they're the ones that feasted on that dog or skunk. Hey, maybe so. <laughs> well, no, because Loomis ran him off. Lonnie, get your ass away from there. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> Laurie drops off the key. She's walking down the sidewalk. And we get a little shot of Michael, just over the shoulder shot, and Michael staring at her. And Laurie's singing to herself a song she made up. They were just like, hey, just make up a song. I wish I had you all alone. Mm. Yeah. Just the two of us. I'm available for parties if you want. Actually, we'll just edit that part out and we'll put her part in. Just... Uh, maybe. You know, I think mine's better. Do it, we'll it do them back to back okay. and then we'll let people vote. <laughs> we'll let people vote. <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs> it's in the back. Cut to Loomis talking to Dr. Wynn and he is pissed. Yes. And he's parked in the handicapped spot. Just a little side note. <laughs> That's the little clue that gets used for Halloween part six. That shows that he's actually an evil, evil genius. Oh, because he was parked in the handicap because spot? Because he was parked in the handicap spot. No, that was Loomis's car. Loomis parked in the handicap spot. Oh. Well, Loomis is dumb shit. Yeah. Well, hey, he was he was angry. He was. I'm surprised he didn't pull up on the front lawn. Like, you let him out. Why'd he you let him out? He was driving very well last night. He was driving very well last night. <laughs> Someone <laughs> running might have taught him. Two all-point bulletin in a roadblock couldn't stop a five-year-old. For God's sake, Sam. He, he, he's been locked up for 18 years. He can't he, even drive a car. He pulled off the most beautiful three-point turn I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Did he? I, I don't know. Oh, I'm just speaking. <laughs> so I don't write notes. I just real feel. I don't, <laughs> I don't need a script. Script reads me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just showing that Loomis is pretty upset about what happened. What something? How exactly it happened? You know, nobody really knows at this point. Next scene, we got Laurie in the classroom. Classic scene. 
You know, they totally ripped this off from It Follows, I think. <laughs> I was like, they, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a tick. <laughs> and the teacher is kind of explaining the plot of the movie, in a way. Yes. She's talking about fate, basically. It's kind of, in a way, telling you, like, it's Laurie's fate that this is happening. Fate never changes. And Laurie looks outside and sees Sir Michael standing across the street. Sir Michael. He's been knighted. (laughs) Sir Michael. (laughs) The Duchess of York. Here's your station wagon. Drive to thy school and stand on thy sidewalk. So. (laughs) Eat all the corgis. He didn't eat a corgi, did he? No, but that's, God, the, I hope not. that's the most English dog I can think oh, of. Oh, okay. They never say what kind of dog he ate. No, they really don't. It could have been, been, been a skunk. could have been a corgi. Michael's standing beside the car and just staring at Laurie. Which is super creepy. Yeah, like, but yeah, highly effective. This, I mean, this, all these shots of Michael just standing from a distance staring are mwah, fucking beautiful. Yes. And they're creepy, very effective, cost nothing. Hey, Nick Castle. Stand over there. Let me film you. So the teacher calls on Laurie. Answer the question. She says, Samuel's felt fate was like a natural element, like earth, air, water, or fire. So just playing on to the whole fate never changes thing. Exactly. So, and this is the first time we see the mask. We get a full view of the mask. Yeah, like, is, yeah. yeah, yeah. So won't you tell us a little history about the mask, Jess? They couldn't decide at first they wanted an Emmett Kelly mask. Or this other mask that they had picked up that was just the Captain Kirk yeah. mask from Star Wars. Yeah. From Don Post Studios. From Don Post Studios? Yeah. Yes. And paid a dollar ninety eight for it. Or at least one of them is still in existence. I know they kept showing it. So there is a post production photo of it's like a rap party, basically. Yeah. And there are three masks seen in the photo. So we know that there were three for sure used in the movie yeah now a collector in ohio has one of them yeah have you seen the picture of it is that the it's one like that pretty Blumhouse deteriorated posted, like right before or yeah in production yeah i've seen that one yeah it's like really rotted and yeah, deteriorated exactly and the second one was given to deborah hill and later picked up by dick warlock that's the mask used in halloween too whatever happened to that one Did oh, hill that's the one that the collector in Ohio has. Oh, okay. So, so oh, never okay. mind. <laughs> okay. So there's only one in existence that we know of. I wonder what happened to the other two. I don't know. Probably in some... Well, if no, you I got don't. them, uh, email us at spookhousepodcast at gmail.com. We'll give you tree city for it. Yeah. I'll give you like... Well, I can't give you 350000 That's probably what it's worth, but I'll give you 350 bucks it's for probably, it. probably... Yeah, it's worth more than the budget of this movie. Exactly. <laughs> and Tommy Lee Wallace doesn't get a lot of credit for this, but he... Essentially, he found the mask and tweaked it. You know, they cut out the eye holes bigger and uh, teased the hair a bit, spray painted it white. That was all Tommy Lee Wallace. Oh, yeah. Because he was the editor of the movie. But yeah, he did, he did a lot of things for the yeah. well, movie. He was like production designer, but he doesn't get a lot of credit for that. He also directed Fright Night 2. Creepshow 2 as well. Mm. And It. Yeah, the It mini yeah. series. Two of those are good. Creepshow 2. And Halloween 3. He is So, trash. we'll... And Halloween 3. We'll get to that one. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's the first time we see the mask. Now, the next scene, Tommy's being picked on by all the bullies. And Tommy tries to run away, and they trip him. And a little pumpkin smash scene. Tommy, I mean, the bully runs around the corner. Yep. And Michael grabs him. 
Now, this scene, it overall, it's kind of a t- tad bit pointless. I get what they're trying to do because he would have stalked Tommy, too, because he also showed up at the house. But when he's, like, driving by, like, when he walks and he's just kind of, like, driving by and Tommy's like, oh, oh gee, golly, just anything. looking down at my shoes. Yeah. It was like, you know he's, like, staring at you. Right? <laughs> he was driving, like, ten feet away from him. <laughs> well... Like, maybe Stranger Danger wasn't quite a thing in 78. Okay, well, I guess it makes sense because he did see Tommy as well. Yeah. When Laurie went up to the house. So, okay. Michael's following Tommy. Then cut to Loomis on the phone, on the payphone. He's talking to the cops, I believe. He's like, you must be ready for him. If you're not, it's your funeral. And you just have to like the pet cemetery. It's like, oh, this should not run. If you don't prepare for him, it's your funeral. Uh, history down that right so he finds michael's patient gown and the bushes over there <laughs> which is a uh, quite the coincidence yeah he just happened like... pull over at the but okay we'll we'll run with it he found the gown he's like oh michael must be close by i can smell it <laughs> yeah you see the phelps garage truck and loomis finds the rabbit and red matchbook that was in marion chambers car earlier in the movie. You think Michael Myers was a menthol smoker? I don't think that's what it implied. I think it was just to tell you, oh, this is the same car. And oh, Michael, I know exactly what it implied. Yeah, okay. But you think he was smoking like, like Newports the whole Michael's ride? smoking? It's like smoking Newports. He's got nicotine, nicotine stains around the mouth of his mask. Because, I mean, you know they could smoke like crazy in, in those hospitals back in the day. Hey, he might be on something. Maybe that's his only vice, his cigarettes. So... I don't even think Loomis finds the dead truck driver, but it pans over and you see the dead truck driver. Now, nobody mentions the truck driver. Nope. He's much like the Barbara of the Halloween series. It's kind of like the forgotten character. Yeah. Everybody's pissed after Stranger Things season one. Justice for Barb. Yeah, justice for Barb. Justice for the truck driver. That's what I say. <laughs> Carrie Tate was like, you know, back in 78, he killed four of my friends. She wasn't like, and a truck driver. <laughs> anyway, now we're gonna meet Laurie and the girls. They're leaving Haddonfield High. So we see Linda, the cheerleader of the group, played by PJ Souls. That's right. Who played a very similar character in Carrie. That's right. That was her first big movie. She was also in Uncle Sam. Nineteen ninety six. And another cult classic, which is a really great movie, Rock and Roll High School. Yeah. She plays Riff uh, Riff Randall. Yes. Yeah, that's a great movie. Yes. I need to rewatch that. I only I saw it once. Three, no, it seems like a movie that would be on Tubi. I don't know that for sure. Yeah. You don't it see probably it. probably isn't. You don't hear it talked about a whole lot. Either way, good movie. Yeah. We've got to talk about Miss Nancy Loomis here. Annie? Yeah. Who plays Annie? Yes. She really only did John Carpenter stuff. And she, she really did. Retired. She uh, Now she, does, she teaches theater. For Cal Poly. Uh-huh. But other than that, it's really just John Carpenter. She's in The Fog, obviously. Yeah. She was in Assault on Precinct 13. All right. Well, look, I'm just going to say it now. She is by far my least favorite character in this movie. I think she was given too big of a role. Not going to lie. Really? She's not a great actress. She doesn't bother me. Next time you rewatch it, just be like, if I were critiquing this... My dad! Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of dialogue where it's like, oh, let's try that again. 
<laughs> I mean, she does okay. Yeah, I think it's mainly her character in this. She is a total piece of shit to Laurie as a friend. Yeah, they're walking down the street and, you know, kind of having girl talk. And all the girl talk parts were written by Deborah Hill. Yes. John Carpenter handled most of the, like, Loomis and broader storylines. Yeah. Yeah. Paul can't come over tonight. Paul got busted throwing eggs and soaping windows. Such a 70s thing. Well, it's such a middle school thing. This kid's supposed to be a senior. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing, Paul? And what the hell is soaping windows? I had to look it up. Apparently, you just take a bar of soap and cover their window in soap. Cool. I also found a bunch of other Halloween traditions that didn't really make sense. Did you know there's a thing called forking? It's where you just put forks oh, yeah, I didn't in somebody's like yard. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. That's kind of funny. That's kind of hilarious, but... Come on, you're a senior in high school. I'm if assuming. you own the, the residence you currently live in, you would definitely get forked by me on Halloween. Okay. <laughs> but that's not a scenario right now. So well, no. hey, hopefully I'll own a house one day. <laughs> I'm going to fork your yard so you can, hard. You can fork my tiny home. <laughs> <laughs> so PJ Soul, she's ranting about her books. I always forget my book and my math book and my English book. And who needs books? I don't need books. She's also complaining. She's got three cheer, new cheers to learn. Oh, yeah. I got three new cheers to learn by Saturday. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Now, Michael turns the corner, cruising down the street in his six foe. <laughs> <laughs> Just cruising down the Thanks, street. Thanks, easy. <laughs> You're welcome. I love how, I believe it's Linda who says, isn't that Devon Graham? <laughs> yeah, Devon Graham that drives a government-issued car. Yeah, I bet that's him. <laughs> Does Devon Graham dr- wear a mask while he's driving around? Huh? Maybe. Maybe. And he says, speed kill. Yeah, Michael kind of, <laughs> when he drives, also hilarious love me. when he drives by and he kind of like leans forward like, is that that motherfucker? <laughs> he like gives that little look. Yeah, so he drives by and Annie's like, "Hey, jerk, speed kills." He said, "Skirt." I wish he had gotten out. You remember seeing the next Friday with Pinky? He's like, "Say something else." Nobody say. Say another motherfucking word, and this shit is over. And I ain't playing, nigga. Nah, you ain't got no gun. But where the weed at? I ain't got no weed. Shut the fuck, shut! Did I say sh- No! I, oh, shit! Say it again! Say something else! Oh! Say something else! Say something else, nigga! Well, He's doing that with his mask on still. Yeah, so... He slams on the brakes and just kind of sits there for a little while. He's like, it's like, I'm gonna get you, you, and you! <laughs> I'm going to strangle you to <laughs> yeah, death. Yeah, yeah. You will get stabbed in the throat. Yeah, then he just kind of drives off. And Annie delivers. Hey, remember when I was saying, hey, Nancy Loomis is not that great of an actress? Well, here's why, Jason. Okay. She delivers this line. All right. I hate a guy with a car and no sense of humor. Now, He's... I know she didn't write that, but her delivery was piss poor on that as well. See, you can't say nothing, can you? I'm thinking you're picking nits <laughs> over here. <laughs> what? You're picking nits. Hey, man. Come on, that line is dumb. I hate a guy with a car and no sense of humor. Well, hey, that's not her fault. The line's dumb. I say her delivery was dog shit on that. I say it's just the line's thing. And it's not necessarily a performance issue. All right. Agree to disagree. Good day, sir. Okay. <laughs> Good day to you. Podcast is over. And maybe indefinitely. 
All right, so the three of them are walking down the street. Linda has to go home. Yeah. And this is when Laurie is walking with Annie. Annie's looking down. Laurie sees Michael behind the hedge, which is now like a... Well, every place you see in this movie is like yeah. a pilgrimage spot. Yeah. I've yet to go. Someday, I will stand behind that hedge. <laughs> so... Again, this is a very creepy, effective, subtle shot. It's yeah. Just Michael standing there, and then he's gone. He just bloop. I like to imagine like he like as soon as he gets behind the bushes, <laughs> just sprints. He just takes off <laughs> like, like as hard as he can. It's like these girls are gonna be. So it's like a scared. record record speed on the forty yard like, dash, really like a six minute mile. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know how fucking hard it is to run in boots. Okay, <laughs> coveralls and a mask. You try. I'm in South Pasadena. It is hot. Yeah, it's California. It's fucking hot. All right. Well, no, it's, it's Illinois, Illinois. But okay. so Annie walks up, and oh, subtle, isn't he? Yeah. And looks around the the bush, and he's gone. She's kind of teasing Laurie. She's like, "Oh, Laurie, he wants to take you out tonight." Yeah. When she looks to Laurie and says, "He wants to take you out tonight." You can see John Carpenter's cigarette smoke float by. Hmm. Yeah, it's just bloop, real quick. You'll catch it if you watch it, if you remember it next time. I will. Yeah. There's a, couple, there's a couple times where you see a cigarette smoke in the movie, right? Um, that's the only one I know for sure. Okay, I thought there's a couple. What if there was like, smoke coming out of Michael's mask <laughs> out of the aisles at one point? <laughs> it's like, bro, so you can see that coming out like a neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, and this is a, a shitty thing to say. She says, poor Laurie scared another one away. Like, fuck you, Annie. How about that? <laughs> what you got to pick on Laurie for? I'm glad you're dead. <laughs> oh, shitty ass Annie goes home. Yep. <laughs> Laurie bumps into Sheriff Brackett, played by Mr. Charles Cyphers. Essentially, he has the same career as... Nancy Loomis, because he really just did John Carpenter movies. He does a couple other things. He was, you remember that Sinjin Smith movie that was supposed to come out that had Jonathan Davis in it? No. Had Jonathan Davis and Rowdy Roddy Piper. It came out, it was supposed to come out in like 2006, but what? it's never been released. No, I've never heard of it. Google it, and okay. everybody at home, Google Sinjin Smith. I think Smith was with the Y. Okay. Yeah. It's just like his unreleased horror movie. That's Okay. Yeah. When you say Jonathan Davis, of corn of fame? Of corn fame. Okay. <laughs> I think there's actually even like some kind of trailer I never for it. Knew there would be a connection between Charles Cyphers and corn. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> I even think there's like a, a, a teaser trailer for it. Like it was supposed to come. All right, out. I'll check it out. Well, you know me. I love me some Charles Cyphers. And mixing uh, Jonathan Davis and Rowdy Roddy Piper in there. He's like, well, it's Halloween. Guess everyone's tired of one good scare. Did you catch that he's smoking a pipe during this whole exchange? No. I was watching it the other night, and for the first time ever, when he like takes off and he's walking up the steps to his house, he's got a pipe in his hand. I'm like, oh shit. He was just walking around with a pipe. Like a Sherlock Holmes pipe. Yeah, I love <laughs> Charles Cyphers in the fog. He's like, all right, man. Whoever's behind that door, they're not going to like me when I hope. <laughs> you better get a, a big old knuckle sandwich at night. <laughs> what time are we going to go on a date, Adrian Barber? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, what's a dame like you doing at a place like this? <laughs> All right. So Laurie arrives home, and the sidewalk is wet. Apparently, there was a torrential downpour from the time 
<laughs> she was talking to Sheriff Brackett through the time she got home. So, well, continuity. It's you only work with three hundred thousand dollars. You got to yeah. you got to roll with it. Yeah, who's gonna notice a wet sidewalk? You didn't see it until it was an Ultra HD 4K, did you? I don't. <laughs> so she goes. Laurie goes to her room, and on the wall you will see a picture of James Enzer, who was a Belgian expressionist painter who used to portray human figures wearing grotesque masks. I don't know if John put it in there on purpose, but there you go. Put that in your pocket. Smoke it. <laughs> yeah. Chew on it. I love this shot. Who yeah. doesn't? Laurie looks out the window, sees Michael in the sheets. Freaking sheets. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it cuts back to Laurie looking at Michael. Cuts yeah. back, and he disappeared. So, is he like a ghost? Did he like drop down real quick and do a barrel roll out of frame? He pulled the James Bond and he just like rolled <laughs> <Yeah>. over. <laughs> or maybe he did a cartwheel to the side. <laughs> he was like, what was if like, he like threw a rock and hit the back of the house and Laurie turned around like, oh, what's that? <laughs> you just cut back and see him doing a barrel roll. <laughs> Anyways, he's gone. Going to take a poop. Yeah, maybe. Like we talked about in Terrifier episode. <laughs> maybe. Horror villains need to poop too. So Annie calls Lori. Yep. And apparently just chews food for like 15 seconds on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Kind of weird. So why don't you just say, say something? Why don't you just be like, hey, uh, <clears throat> hold on. So, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you hang up on me? I thought it was an obscene phone caller. Annie's going to pick up Lori. Now, Lori walks down to the little corner. Sits there with a pumpkin. Now that the little spot that she sits on, it's like a again another pilgrimage site. Yeah, and like the surface of it is now rubbed smooth. Okay, oh people just like going <laughs> up there and touching it. Now we get Doctor Loomis at the graveyard. I hadn't seen him in a little bit, so we gotta catch him and see yeah, what we he's gotta up to. See what old uh, Doctor Loomis is up to. He's speaking to the caretaker of the graveyard. That's right. So the caretaker that Doctor Loomis is talking to, he's kind of a character actor. He was in Hook. Played Toodles. He was Toodles. Yep. The guy that's like, Hook, Hook. That's the character. He lost his marbles. Yeah, I haven't seen Hook in a very long time. But the screenplay. Story by. He didn't write the screenplay. Nick Castle. Story by. Okay. Nick Castle, who plays Michael Myers in this movie. Yes. Yeah, Mr. World War II veteran, Donald Pleasance, walking through the graveyard. Yeah, that was like a whole story, too. He was a prisoner in World War II until like 1945. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're looking for Judith. Judith Myers gravestone. Yes. But it appears to be missing. Goddamn kids. Why do they do it? I guess do a lot of kids still headstones in the cemetery. I guess. Well, now we got old Laurie and Linda. They're burning a doobie to some BOC. So I was like, as if I was like, you know what? Some things never change. There's nothing like you know, 16 year old kids smoking weed being like, don't fear the Reaper is great, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, they pull up to the hardware store and they freak out because my dad, my dad, like he totally smelled that weed, right? Oh, I'm sure it's the sheriff of the town. Yeah, and they're they're smoking a fresh. It's not like weed just goes away in two seconds. Yeah, the fire alarm's going off at the hardware store. Yes, the hardware store today sits right across the street from the Myers house. The Myers house was moved from its original location that you see in this movie. So and now you can get a two for one. Halloween location. They're talking to Sheriff Brackett. He's like, ah, oh, ah, oh, I'll take with some Halloween mask. Nope. Couple of naps. I guess hardware stores sell Halloween masks now. 
Eight seventies. They kind of sold everything. Five and dime store. Okay. Yeah. Why not? And Loomis comes out front of the hardware store. He shouts to. He missed that part. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyways, they skedaddle on out of there. Doctor Loomis walks up to the hardware store and asks to speak to Sheriff Brackett. And he's basically like, "All right, give me five minutes. I'll meet you back here." Loomis standing out front, and you see Michael drive past him. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I didn't catch that until probably my, I don't know. Oh, I know I missed it several times. Yeah, like, yeah. Several times. I was like, oh, man. And I was watching one. I was like, oh, shit. There's Michael. There's that scene with Laurie and Annie. They're talking in the car. Yeah, she's she reveals that she has a crush on Ben Tramer. And so, she says, like, guys don't like her because she's too smart. Uh, is the reason well th- that whole scene was filmed by deborah hill in the back seat and it was only filmed to really pad the movie i'm pretty sure this was shot afterwards but yeah this was like a kind of hey we need to kind of fill some time yeah. let's but yeah. i mean it, it it's not a bad scene or anything no and it also shows the sunset kind of transition from day to night yeah so Anyways, we are at nighttime there's that awful shot where he's which i hate which is clearly just padding where they're where he's where they're driving to the the babysitting residences and uh-huh. he's behind them, and it's just like this is even the transition shot. This is just dumb. Oh, him following. Them? Yeah, they're playing. Yeah. They just they're, they're playing the music, and it's like, all right, here we go. Yeah, and I was like, I hate. I've always hated that shot. Yeah, they could have saved the Halloween theme there. You yeah. kind of make it look like I don't know. Scooby-Doo he's also or riding their ass too. Oh yeah, <laughs> you'd figure Laurie would be like, okay, I'm. That's a guy in a white mask, right? It's like 15 feet behind us. Yeah, yeah that's definitely... And, and, I mean, Aang's a bit of a hothead, so you know she'd be like, this motherfucker. <laughs> well, it is nighttime now, so Annie pulls up to the Wallace house. Yep. She's going to babysit Lindsay. Michael parks the car, walks up behind a tree, and sees uh, Lindsay's parents leave, because Annie's going to babysit. He's just kind of creeping around the yard, you know? I feel like if I were one of the parents, I'd be like, hey, guy behind the tree, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, hey, you. Don't you piss in my blue? Yeah. So now Loomis and Brackett pull up to the Myers house. They go inside, find That's a dead dog. The, the, dead, the dead corgi. <laughs> he got hungry. Yeah, I'm kind of confused here. Brackett's like, oh, it could have been a skunk. We'll just assume Michael killed a dog and ate it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Hey, he's crazy. Brackett's like, man wouldn't do that. This isn't a man. This is not a man. <laughs> they walk up to Judith's room, and some what's I what breaks what, the I, window? I rewound it twice. I couldn't quite. I thought maybe it was a gutter. It looks like something. a doorknob or something. Yeah, so I couldn't <laughs> oh, no. quite figure out what that was. But yeah, something small falls in, smashes the windshield. Very loud. Well, not windshield. I'm sorry, windshield. Smashes the window. <laughs> I'm sorry. Smashes the window, and. Your boy, Dr. Loomis, pulls out his, his pistol. Yeah. Real quick. And I love how he shows his permit. After yeah. he pulls out, he's like, I, you know, I got a permit for this, by the way. The sheriff's like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? So Loomis delivers the epic speech, you know, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Yes. Well, hey, you heard the intro to this podcast. And let's be honest. There's a reason it's in there. Yeah. You've heard this several times if you're listening to this podcast. Hopefully. We appreciate <laughs> you. So Loomis, I love how Loomis gives orders to the sheriff, and he's like, "That runs me the wrong way." All right, it's like, "Well, you're a psychi- psychiatrist." Yeah, you know, I'm a massage. I'm a licensed massage therapist. You don't see me going up to crime scenes and be like, "All right, man, 
Here's what we're going to do. There's a crazy man on the loose. <laughs> like, who are you? I'm a licensed massage therapist. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you heard the man. <laughs> you heard the guy. Oh, you're a licensed massage? Oh, you're not just some regular massage therapist. You're licensed? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, this guy's got authority over here. <laughs> also, if you got some knots in your back, this motherfucker works it out real That's good. That's right. Got to renew my license soon. He's got, so. that, he's got this elbow technique that is just flawless. Yeah, hey, hit me up. <laughs> my books are open. So, <laughs> I love how Loomis, he's like, just keep your mouth shut and your eyes open. Brackets like, all right, I'll, I'll take it back in an hour. I keep saying like he like looked down at shoes. He goes, "Yes, sir." He's like, "All right, well, you're a psychiatrist, so <laughs> you know all about law enforcement." Yeah. Now, Laurie's babysitting Tommy. Annie calls Laurie because Annie is babysitting Lindsay Wallace. Lindsay Wallace. Now, who plays Lindsay Wallace, Jason? Everyone's favorite Real Housewife of L.A. Oh, Kyle yeah. Richards. Kyle Richards. I was very shocked to learn this. I did not know this. Really? Yep. And I watched some YouTube footage, and I don't want to judge a person, but I mean, she's in the Real Housewives of whatever the fuck. Yeah. So she's yep. one of those people now, yeah. which is cool. You do you. Exactly. She, you know, she did some other movies. I think her sister also did Escape from Witch Mountain. You remember those movies? Her sister was in Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Had a small role. Really. Lindsay grows up to be a, a a very respectful woman. So, Lester, the German shepherd, starts barking. And the only person he doesn't like, maybe it's just you, Annie. <laughs> he can smell you being a mean girl. Uh, yeah. Annie tells Laurie that she told Ben Tramer that Laurie has the hots for him. Mm-hmm. All right. Tommy, Tommy looks out the window, and we get... Well, one of my favorite shots of the movie, of many, just Michael standing across the street, mm-hmm. and that is Deborah Hill playing Michael Myers in that shot. Laurie looks outside and he's gone, of course. Now cut back to Michael watching Annie through the kitchen window. Annie spills butter on her shirt or yeah, something. Yeah, she's making popcorn. Yeah, and and Michael is a little clumsy, Clarence. He's a little clutch. Yeah, he knocks over a flower pot, and he walks back to the front of the house and kills Lester. Strangles him. I have a German Shepherd. This one really hurts my heart. Yeah, I was going to ask you. You do have a German Shepherd. Shout out to Finn. Yeah, and when he was barking, he didn't move. A, he didn't move at all. He oh, didn't really? Bother. But when you you heard the whimper, mm-hmm. that was the only time. Like he shot up real quick, and I was like, "What is that? What is that?" Oh, yeah. Poor Lester. Poor Lester. Shout out to Finn. Appreciate your support. <laughs> all your downloads. He downloads all every time. Nice. So Laurie and Tommy, they're watching The Thing, which, of course, John Carpenter will later go on to remake. Quite well. Yeah, quite well. Now, Annie goes to the laundry room, and this laundry room was not behind the house. It was actually filmed in Hollywood. Michael's standing behind the door, just watching Annie do her laundry. Yeah. Those shots of him just creeping around are so fucking well done. Yeah. So beautifully lit. Especially the music that goes along with it. Yeah. It's like, Oh, fucking perfect. You know, Michael could have just walked in and killed her at any point. So he obviously likes to kind of fuck with his victims, you know? At least in the first one, you know? Yeah. Annie walks to the door, peeks out, and Michael's gone. It's a little tomfoolery. And the door closes shut while Annie's putting in the laundry. Now, I couldn't help but think of Behind the Mask, Leslie Vernon. I could just picture Michael with some fishing string, like pulls the door shut real quick. <laughs> Good movie. 
I was going to say great movie, but yeah. it's good. It's a good movie. And listen to our episode. It was <laughs> yeah, like episode six or no. No, it was like episode four, three. three. Yeah. Give it a listen. It's Back a in the day. Boy, seems like seems like years ago. <sighs> we were just a couple of young podcasters with a dream. <laughs> and we're still dreaming. We're still dreaming. <laughs> so, Shout out to Tubi. We'd like to sponsorship us. Yeah, yeah. Sponsorship us. Sponsorship us. Put it in <laughs> That's there. I right. I don't care. <laughs> so Annie tries escaping through the window. Because she's locked herself in. Or she's locked in. Yeah, she's locked in. Paul calls the house. And Lindsay answers the phone. Yeah, that's right. Lindsay runs out to tell Annie that Paul called. Paul called. She sees Annie trapped. She's like, pull my leg. But if you watch it, like, she just moved her foot. Uh, yeah, I was like, hey. <laughs> you're not really trapped. No, you're just, like, swaying in the back. You know, like. Yeah, but okay. And Annie goes inside and is talking to Paul. And these are, I think this is like some of the best tricky camera work in the movie. Okay. When yeah. you see Michael standing at the back door of the kitchen while Annie's on the phone. Yeah. She walks over here and it, the camera follows Annie. It cuts back. Michael's gone. Oh, It's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, that's when Annie and Tommy walk across the street to Laurie and Lindsay's place. Laurie asked Annie to call Ben back. I was like, hey, just tell him you're fucking around. Yes. Then Annie's like, if you... Only this, if you this, watch Lindsay, I'll do it. Yeah, which is kind of a shitty thing. She's like, well, if you do my job for me and babysit this other kid, I'll consider calling Ben Tramer back. It's like, yeah. oh, you piece of shit. But Laurie <laughs> agrees, and Annie leaves. Well, Annie. she walks back to the house to, yeah. to get her keys and then to go see my Paul. <laughs> my Paul, my Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. I love this whole little sequence here. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie too. Yeah, when she she tries to get in the the car. It's locked. And she even sings "No Keys." No keys. I do, every, if I ever go somewhere, I need my keys. I don't have them. I every time. Yeah, I, yeah. I just sing that to myself. Sometimes I find myself just whistling. But please, <laughs> no keys. <laughs> so she goes to get her keys, and she gets back to the car, and the car is unlocked. So mm. she just hops right in without really thinking about it. And she's and like, she sees, wait, wait a sec. She has a little little light bulb goes off. Uh-huh. And she sees the windows are fog. And then Michael pops up out of the back seat. And you get that, that exact same Strangles. scream. You, do you ever notice that's the exact same scream back to back? The, ah, ah, yeah. Ah, the, ah. <laughs> I didn't notice it was like the same back to back. It's the exact same scream. Oh, really? Goes, ah, the next time you listen to it. Or even, yeah, just, ah, ah. <laughs> Sounds like the Martians from Mars Attacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael is strangling Annie. Michael's breathing pretty heavy. He's like, oh, oh, oh. maybe he was sexually motivated. I don't know, but he's breathing rather heavy. He's like, oh, I should have done some cardio in Smith's Grove. <laughs> this is hard work. But then he cuts her neck. Annie's face as she slides down onto the car is pretty dumb yeah. like her face lands on the horn and her eyes are just like wide and yeah it just bothers me every time really yeah she could have just slouched over real quick yeah she's like i'm gonna die slowly <laughs> oh but whatever annie's dead good yeah. riddance so <laughs> good riddance yeah good beat it annie <laughs> so tommy and Lindsay are watching the thing yes and Tommy goes behind the curtain. He starts calling Lindsay's name. And he turns around to see Michael carrying Annie into the house. 
which is a killer shot. Especially yeah. you got the music from the thing going along with it. Mm-hmm. Just looks fucking awesome. Sounds awesome. And if you notice, if you watch it again, he's carrying her where her head is on the left side. Yeah. Cuts back to Tommy. Cuts back. Her body's reversed. Yeah. And like her head's on the right side. So. <laughs> a little continuity here. A little continuity. We'll forgive it because it looks amazing. And now Tommy tells tries to tell Lardy, like, hey, the boogeyman's outside. And she's like, Tommy, there's no boogeyman. But wouldn't Laurie think, like, well, I have seen this guy following me around like four separate times today. Count him. Wouldn't she be like, there's probably a good chance it's that same guy I should take this serious. Eh, well, maybe, but she's also saying, well, it's Halloween. There's probably just people walking around, scaring people. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And she's in high school. Yeah, exactly. She's yeah. 17 years Still, old. Still, I'd be on high alert. That's all I'm saying. You must protect these children. <laughs> yeah. Loomis is hanging outside the Myers house. This is like, This, I think, is my favorite part of the movie. Really? It's, it's good. I just like because it shows that Loomis smiling plays. for yeah, once. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just some guy screaming at Michael Myers. Yeah, it definitely kind of humanizes Loomis yeah. a bit. Lonnie, get your ass away from me. <laughs> And he smiles to himself. It's just yeah. it's kind of fun. Nice, nice yeah, to see. Yes, nice little moment. And then Sheriff Brackett sneaks up on Loomis and scares him. <laughs> and he's frustrated with Loomis. He's like, all right, got to take a lot more than fancy talk to keep me out here all night. So then he proceeds to give him some more fancy talk. Then Loomis is like, <laughs> all right, no more fancy talk. Watch this. I watched him for 15 years, staring at a wall, not seeing the wall, waiting inhumanly patient for this night. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. <laughs> He's like, all right, well, Again, you're that's, wrong. That's you're, fancy enough talk for me. If you're wrong, I'm be quite angry. You're going to get a smack to the face. But if you're right, damn you for letting him go. So Linda and Bob pull up to the house. And one of them was Annie. Sorry. One of them was Annie. <laughs> oh, Halloween 2. <laughs> so Linda and Bob pull up to the house. I'd completely, I always completely forget about those two. Like every time it comes, because they just like. Yeah, they do kind of pop up. Oh, these people. I forgot about these people. Yeah, well, they show up. Exactly. Here they are. Bob. He works for Disney now. Yeah, he works for Disney. Hasn't done any. I think this is the only like actual acting. He probably did. I think he was a dancer for one of the Grease movies. Oh, okay. But other than this, I think he just works for Disney, which is probably a sweet gig. Yeah. They should have hired Dennis Quaid, who PJ Souls was married to at the time. Yep. From 70, 78 to 83, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had scheduling conflicts, apparently. Yeah, he was supposed to do this movie. He was supposed to be Bob. Could have got Randy Quaid. <laughs> they could have. Could you imagine, like, he had to watch this movie, and in this movie, his brother is banging his wife. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Bob, well, we're stuck with Bob, so let's talk about him. So Bob delivers one of the more, the most questionable line of dialogue in the entire series. He's like, first, we're going to go upstairs. I'm going to rip your clothes off. You're going to rip my clothes off. We're going to rip Lindsay's clothes off, who is like eight years old. Yes. And PJ Souls is like, ha ha, oh my God, you're crazy, Bob. Him and Linda go inside. And PJ Souls says, she's totally not here. Now, pop quiz, Jason. How okay. many times does Linda say totally in this movie? 17. Close. 11. Uh, I lost Price is Right. You go Price, we yeah. go Price is Right. You bit, you bit over. 
Sorry. Showcase goes to Phil. <laughs> so Annie and Linda had orchestrated this whole babysitting thing as a way for them to have sex with their boyfriends. Yeah, they just organized it to get laid. And at this point, basically. I'm like, you know, Bob drives a freaking bus. Mm-hmm. Does he really need to go to a, a house? Yeah, that's true. It's like, like a house van. Yeah, he's got a shagging wagon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Linda finds out that Annie's not there. She's like, that's fantastic. We can go upstairs and screw. Woo. Could you imagine just like so, going to somebody's house that you don't know, even in your high school, and be like, okay, we're going to just go. Uh, in high school. Yeah. <laughs> you can take anything you get, I guess. Well, thanks. <laughs> so, whenever they get up and they're going upstairs, you can see Linda trip over the dolly track. Next time you watch it, she almost like loses her footing. Really? Yeah. It's a little, little gaff that's in there. Bob and Linda, they're getting it on upstairs. There's a pumpkin next to the bed. Who put it there? I don't know. It was lit. Who carved it? I don't know. Who lit it? I don't know. Anyways, they finish having, again, super quick sex. They're having cigs in bed. Gross. <laughs> Bob says, I'll be right back. Oh, oh cardinal sin. We learned that in last episode. That's right. Because you won't be right back. That's right. <laughs> now, when Bob is in the kitchen, the back door opens again by itself, again behind the mask. <laughs> Leslie Vernon action there. Yeah, Bob thinks somebody's playing a prank on him. He's like, all right, come out of there. And boom, Michael busts out. Yeah, they use that sound effect quite a lot. Yes. Pushes Bob up against the wall, lifts him up, stabs him, which, I mean, a a kitchen knife isn't going to hold up a body like that, I don't think, but maybe. Best kill in the movie, though, I think. Yeah, probably. There's not really a lot of kills, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. And you get the little Michael Myers head tilt. Which... And this one I really enjoy, but mm-hmm. it really gets overused ever since this came out. Yeah, that was Nick Castle's idea to do the little head tilt. Yeah. Because he was supposed to be crazy. And of course, I mean, even even in the other subsequent Halloween movies, they do it. And I'm just like, you know, once it worked fine. Yeah. But yeah. you don't need it constantly. Agreed. Well, Bob the ghost shows up. He goes upstairs wearing a sheet and Bob's glasses. This now, you can buy this costume from Trick or Treat Studios. Yeah, they even sell sell one of these. This see this scene kind of bothers me. Really? I was like, I like it. I, I, I think well, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of creepy, sure. But why would he? What's the point of him doing that? He's crafty. Crafty. I like to picture Michael Myers downstairs cutting holes in sheets. He's like, do you think he like measured his eyes, like dotted it with a marker? He's like, all right, I need to cut here, here. So we get a PJ Souls boob shot. See anything you like? Michael's just standing there. She thinks it's Bob. Yes. This is going nowhere. So she calls Lori. Michael strangles Linda. I love how Michael picks up the phone. He just, just like, yeah. Like, I was like, what is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> I remember these from my earlier years. Yeah. So Lori looks across the street, and I don't know why, but the downstairs lights are downstairs lights are flickering. It's it's just him like looking at Linda going. Just <laughs> He's on like looking out the window. He's like, I bet you're so confused right now. Laurie checks on the kids and they're asleep. Now, cut to Loomis back at the house. Back at the Myers house. Turns around and hey, wouldn't you know it, the car Michael Myers was driving, he sees it. Yeah. Now, I think there was a scene 
they could have really used an extra shot of him seeing the car yeah. and him running down the street. Yeah. It's not exactly be, clear where everything is. But and where. the way it's cut, it makes it seem like he turned around and the car was 10 feet away. It's yeah. like, oh, you didn't see that the entire time you were here? Yeah, they could have established that just a little bit better. That's one of my... It's kind of confusing as to where everything is. And Yeah, yeah. Laurie decides to walk across the street. Kids are in bed. She's going to kind of investigate a little bit. We get the slow, steady cam shot of Laurie walking across the street. Again, with the music behind it. Just pure awesomeness. Very slow paced, not rushing at all. Lori walks through the back door into the living room. She hears a thud upstairs. She goes upstairs, walks into the bedroom, and sees. Annie on the bed. Scrolled out with Judith Meyer's gravestone. That's right. Trick or Treat Studios also sells one of those. Of course they do. Pretty soon they're going to be like an exact replica of the joint Annie and Laurie were smoking in the <laughs> station wagon for $20. For $20. Hey, if I was a millionaire, I'd be buying all this shit. I'm not, I I'm not hating, would. but I'm just saying. I'm out of that game. We talked about it. We did. That's not me anymore. I gave up really game banging and horror movie collecting. Game banging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she sees Annie on the bed with Judith's tombstone above her. And she starts whimpering and backs up. And Bob. How did he get Bob? How did Bob get up? What is he hanging on? Okay, now this is a horror movie trope yeah. that you see a lot. I I don't get it. Like, are there, are there legs like nailed to the ceiling? And there's like a little string that you know, he pulls you know, and they a, just flop down like a swing or and something. You know how hard it is to like maneuver dead weight? Yeah. Like, well, either way, Bob swings down. I don't know how. Or <laughs> what he's hanging from. Yeah. Or... Then the door cracks open or a little cabinet door and Linda's body's stuffed in there. Yeah. So Laurie backs up and this is without a doubt one of the coolest shots of the movie. Yes. Michael coming out of the shadows slowly. <laughs> And it is beautiful. Yes. Now Michael tries to stab Laurie, slices her left arm. Laurie turns around, falls down the railing. For some reason, the way Michael like runs down the stairs is kind of funny. He kind of does the, I have to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. He's not running, but he's not taking his time. I remember <laughs> I, I had to walk away that one time after I had the, the rooster oysters. Remember okay, Sam Jason, let's not share those kind of stories. <laughs> Laurie runs into the kitchen. The back door is wedged shut with a rake. Now, Michael breaks through the door. Smashes it. Yeah, smashes it, opens it. Laurie narrowly escapes. Runs to the side of the house and bangs on the neighbor's door, who are the worst neighbors in the world, by the way. He just, like, turned the lights off. He's like, nah, we're good. Yeah. Mm -mm. Now, Laurie runs across the street, bangs on the door, and now Michael hasn't started following yet. Not yet. So do you think he was like back there stretching, maybe doing some jumping jacks, warming up the hammies and he was quads? Like, oh, and the main event is yeah. alone. Okay, <laughs> he's changed into his, uh, I guess, his, his Nikes and everything. He's putting on his sweatpants. It's like you're sitting there, like you trained 15 years for this moment. What if when he walked around the side of the house, he just had on like a Nike sweatsuit, <laughs> like a fucking headband? Or if he was like sitting there singing like a "Lose Yourself" by me, I'm just getting ready for this oh, one okay. shot, one opportunity. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't let it slip away. All right, let's not ruin this amazing shot here. <laughs> so Laurie's banging on the door. The keys. Yeah, that's, and, that was like that. That's clearly like overdubbed and a little hard, you know. Yeah, I guess that was an overdub. Michael walking is it's a killer shot. Yeah, along with the music, you know. It's one of the few times he seems to be walking like deliberately in the series. Uh huh. You know, he's like, like I'm I'm out to. This he's is on a it. mission. Yeah. What if he was doing the Vince McMahon walk? He's <laughs> <laughs> like shaking his shoulders, walking it out. Brown or D'Lo Brown. <laughs> and he's like, Devo, get the table. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> All right. So that Tom- bed had a family. <laughs> God. So Tommy takes his sweet ass time getting downstairs to let Laurie inside. Laurie tells Tommy to get upstairs. Tommy's like, ah, the boogie man. She's like, I'm get scared. upstairs. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all this kid can say is boogie man. Jesus. Come on, Tommy, get it together. Yeah. Get it together. <laughs> Laurie checks the phone and it's dead. And this is when... Checks the phone and it's dead? Yeah, she checks the phone. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking oh. like cell phone. Sorry. Oh, Laurie. <laughs> I was like, and then I was like, what? They didn't have cell phones. This yeah, time. Laurie looks at her iPhone. She's like, oh, I don't have any service. <laughs> But then should have gone Samsung. Yeah, God damn. yeah. Then she sees her windows open, and Laurie's like sitting in front of the couch, and Michael pops up, misses big time, <laughs> just just, just straight whiffs, man. <laughs> just straight like yeah, wings it to the left a little too far, stabs <laughs> the couch, and Laurie turns around, and stabs him in the neck with a sewing needle, and throws down the knife. Yeah. Okay. It's. You know, well, she's a high schooler. For all she knows, this guy's not supernatural. Maybe she's in shock. You know, who wouldn't be? Now, Loomis is walking down the street. He knows that Michael is close by. And he can smell sure, him. Yes, he can smell him. Now, Bracket pulls up. Again, Loomis is like, I'll go around the front house. You go around the back. Bracket's like, all right. I'll see you later. This is going to be a bad <laughs> night for you, Bracket. <laughs> this is my investigation. Now, fuck off. Fuck the off, Bracket. Chief's on my ass. <laughs> Got me- orders from the mayor's on there. <laughs> so, Laurie goes upstairs to talk to Tommy and Lindsay. Michael walks upstairs. Laurie props the door open and hides in the closet. And, you know, I would have just jumped. It's two stories, you know. I'll I'll take a broken ankle over <laughs> Tango in with Michael again. <laughs> so Laurie's in the closet. Yep. Do you think of this movie every time you see one of those closets? I do. With those kind of yeah, little... I do kind. Of, I don't see yeah. that much. Though. I've always wanted to punch one. It's because you know it's Michael bit, yeah. gives it old one two <laughs> at one point. I'm like, I bet I can break one of those. <laughs> Tommy Lee Wallace is playing Michael here. Oh okay. Yep. And, I mean, this is an iconic shot, of course. Yeah. You know, one thing I love about this movie, you start out at the beginning, middle of the movie, seeing Michael from a distance. Uh-huh. But throughout the movie, he gets closer and closer until he's finally inside a fucking closet with you. Exactly. Yeah, and Which of course, is, when you do see him up close, for the most part, in the beginning, he's like from behind, or you see kind of like a little like half of the frame he's only missing. Yeah, but now he's like inside a closet he's, with a He's uh, in your grill, if you will. He's all up in that grill. <laughs> You can smell his breath. Yeah. That nicotine-scented breath. Terrible habit, Michael. <laughs> so Laurie stabs him in the eyeball with a clothes hanger. Michael drops a knife. Laurie picks it up, stabs him in the chest. Mm-hmm. Gives him a good one. You yeah, know? it's a nice little uppercut there. No, it's under- 
uppercut with the knife. Yeah. Now it's understandable to think that she would think that Michael's dead at this point. Yeah, I'll give it to her much more. I, I wouldn't her. drop the knife beside his body. Yeah, but I'd be like, all right, I'll hang on to this knife. I'll just put it in my pocket. I wouldn't at least I at least wouldn't put my back to him. I wouldn't trust that. She talks to Tommy and Lindsay. Go to the McKenzie's. That's right. Go to McKenzie's. That's what we hear in Scream. Yes. Listen to our last episode. Um, <laughs> now, Michael does an epic Undertaker impression here. Slowly rises up. That's He got it from the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. It all makes sense Exactly. Now. I, I get Laurie thinks he's dead, but maybe, like, just turn around. If You know, she's just kind of looking away. So Michael starts choking her, well, trying to choke her. Loomis runs up the stairs. Laurie pulls off his mask, and we see Tony Moran, who is the face of Michael Myers. And I kind of have a bone to pick with Tony Moran. A lot of people do. For the longest time, and he still kind of does, he goes around to conventions, and he's like, I was Michael Myers in Halloween. It's like, no the fuck you weren't. You were Michael Myers in the unmasked scene. But watch interviews and stuff with him. He's like totally leading on that he was Michael Myers. And it's like, dude, Nick Castle was Michael Myers. <laughs> Calling you out. I don't give a fuck. So, but like in interviews, he'll be like, yeah, you know, I got this script back in 78. It's like, John Carpenter, who's this? Jamie Lee? And wow, is he Donald Pleasance? Like, yeah, this is a big opportunity for me. It's like, <laughs> dude, you were him for literally two seconds. I was met he, him. Who, I got his autograph. <laughs> Back in 2007, he was at Horror Hound. Was he, now who, that, that famous picture was somebody that got Michael Myers' mask on the head, on top of his head, and he's That was it. Nick Castle. I, I thought that was Nick Castle, but I couldn't tell. Yeah. Yeah, I got his autograph just because, well, I met Tommy Lee Wallace and Tony. Did you give Tommy Lee a, a hug? No, I chatted with him for a bit. He was a nice guy. Yeah. Um, $60 for an but autograph. But I met, I met, no, this was back in the day when prices were reasonable for conventions. <laughs> so I did meet Tony Moran, got him to sign a picture for like 10 or 15 bucks. And even though he had like shots from the movie, like 8 by 10s yeah. that were not his scenes, I didn't say anything, but... In my head, I was like, I know what you're doing. Okay. Thanks for the autograph. See ya. I'm not the only one. There's like YouTube videos of people calling them out. So anyways, all right. Tangent over. Loomis shoots him. And then shoots him five more times. Well, yep. He walks upstairs and he's just kind of standing there in the bedroom. Uh-huh. And you hear him breathing. Sounds like she says, was it the boogeyman? Some people are like, is she saying, what's the boogeyman? Yeah, what's the That's boogeyman? That's what it sounds like to me. But this it makes is a much highly debated topic here. Okay. But, I'm, I mean, it's, was it the boogeyman? That's what it sounds like. I mean, that makes more sense. But it to me, sounds... it's always something like, what's the boogeyman? Yeah, which would have been weird. Well, Loomis would have been like. But Tommy says the... that to her, though. Well, you know, what's the boogeyman? So it would bring it back to what Tommy said previously. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, English-wise, it makes more sense to be like, what was that, the boogeyman? I think they say the word boogeyman too much in this movie. 
Boogity boogie. <laughs> yeah, they boogie it on out. Jesus. Halloween two electric boogeyman. <laughs> electric boogaloo. <laughs> Loomis runs over, looks down onto the lawn. Michael's gone. Disappeared. That's right. John Carpenter asks Donald Pleasance, okay, do you want to play this like I knew this would happen or I can't believe this happened? Donald Pleasant's like, I got this, bro. I'll give you both. I'll give them both. Watch you. this. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember I've seen this interview or JC talking about this. Yeah. And Laurie's crying. Loomis looking like a total badass showing off those acting chops. He's like, yeah. Donald motherfucking Pleasance. <laughs> JC's in the back of his corner like getting his water ball right in his mouth just squirting in there. It's like, let's go. Let's go. There's like hype men behind the camera like you just want a rap battle like, oh shit. <laughs> he's got this cut man's in the corner he's like getting yeah. Vaseline up for it. <laughs> and then we see various shots of locations used in the movie cut with Michael breathing yes. in the background. And I love this. And the, the last shot is of the Myers house. Mm-hmm. Then it Fade to black, credits roll. Perfect yeah. fucking ending. Yes, absolutely. Because it gives you a sense that he's still out there, and he could be anywhere. Not Annie. And he could be anywhere. <laughs> they kind of ruined this in the H2... No, I enjoy Halloween 2 a lot, but it does... Not to the extent that Resurrection ruins Halloween H2O. Yeah. Because that movie really ruins those. Uh, but it oh, does sure. kind of, you know... I've got some things to say about Halloween Next month. Uh, oh, no, next oh, week. Next week. Next week. Coming in hot. Credits roll. We get the amazing theme again. And then we get the Marvel's after credit scene of <laughs> Ant-Man. Yeah. Now, it says the music was performed by the Bowling Green Philharmonic Orchestra. That was just John Carpenter fucking around. You know, John Carpenter did the music, but... Yes. He grew up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Him and Nick Castle? Yeah, I think you're right. That's Halloween. It's okay. What? <laughs> if you could have only seen his reaction when I said that, folks. What the fuck did you he say? He almost broke his neck to look at me. <laughs> no, I didn't. It's like, did you say what I just thought you said? Yeah, that that's the movie. It's No, it's not the first slasher. It's not, not the, the first. It's not even the first holiday slasher. But it is pretty much the first like modern slasher is the one that was like okay it this def- is what's it defined the slasher movie and even still pretty much does at least it informs it and you know you've got there's you know you can point to, like psycho was the first slasher movie or peeping tom black or christmas even, yeah or and even you know the first tales from the creep movie that came out in 1974 i believe mm. had you know the author of the house one which was merely that santa claus episode Mm-mm. Okay. Do not. Well, that was also a very holiday slasher theme ish. Well, Black Christmas was 74, and that's the first time you see a POV from the killer. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. I think so, yes. So, look, I mean, Halloween wasn't the first, but damn. It's, to me, it's. It's, it's, the, it's the benchmark that everybody's been trying to get to ever yeah, since, pretty yeah. much, for it. Exactly. What do you give this movie on a 10 point scale, Jason? Nine. It's my first one of the the podcast. Got to give it a 10. Okay, I figured it was coming. It's a fucking 10. Yeah. I mean, there's some parts in it. I'm not crazy about uh, Nancy Loomis in this. And there's some dialogue that's like, eh, okay. I'd give it a 10. To me, it's like perfect horror movie. It's not the scariest, 
It's a fucking classic. Like this, Halloween 5, you know, they're always, yeah, yeah you know. I mean, mean it's a toss-up, really, <laughs> between Halloween 5 and this. Yeah. Resurrection, I mean, best ever, possibly. <laughs> Do we have to cover that one? We are completists. God. Okay? Oh, man. Completionists. We'll have fun with it. We will. It'll be a good one. We'll just play uh, Break Your Neck the entire time in the background, Buster Rhymes. You know what? I think for that one, we should just record it as we're watching it. Like, we'll do the so podcast along. and we just get hammered. <laughs> and we'll record it. Bust a bust. Who do you trust? <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's not talk about Resurrection while yeah. we're talking about this amazing movie. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say. I fucking love this movie. Never has a movie been so ingrained in my life. Yeah. It's, How many Halloween tattoos do you have? Just one? Just one. Just the one. I might get another one. I don't know. I might get another horror-themed tattoo. Just get the PJ Maybe Souls I'll get the totally. Spook House logo tattooed on us. Hmm. Tattooed on me. Hmm. Will you go get a tattoo with me? You... I'll go with you. I don't know if I'll get one. If I pay for your tattoo, will you get it? Mm, uh, really? <laughs> I like tattoos, but I just like them on other people. Okay. Because you know, I know after like a month, I'll be like... It's there. It's still there. Just put it on your neck. Yeah, I just have to put it, I, if I ever got tattooed, it had to be somewhere where I could never see it because I know I'd get so sick of it. Get our it. logo tattooed on your face. I could. Can you well, do it? no, you're talking about mirror. <laughs> I would be like advertising. Like you know, yeah. people do. You know, that's the thing. People would get tattoos and it's just advertisement. Yeah. Well. So we're gonna kind of wrap it up here. But do you have any closing thoughts, Jason? No, I mean it's it's one of those you know everything kind of came together at the right time, right moment. Even Scout's like, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scout's over there like, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the best. I don't so like when like, they kill Lester, but other than <laughs> that, it's a good movie. Yeah. I'm willing to bet if you stuck around and listened to this entire podcast with us, you also love Halloween just like we do. Yep. And if you did, damn, do we appreciate you. Absolutely. We really do. We appreciate the listens and the download. That's right. Hey, if you want to go nuts, leave us a rating on iTunes. We certainly appreciate it. Or yeah. anything that you listen to us on. That's right. Well, Jason, it is late. We're going to wrap it up here, but we will be back here next week for, for Halloween 2. Halloween 2 and possibly 3? Well, definitely Halloween 2. Definitely Halloween 2. We'll see you back here next week and until then, I am Phil. I'm Jason. This has been the Spook House. See ya. <laughs>